Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Husker Half Hour, your 30-minute source of all things Husker. I'm your host, Ben Herbel, alongside my brother Elijah, and today on the show, we preview the Ohio State University. Let's do this thing. because everything's just free-flowing. I did have Taco Bell. It's like low-key... Taco Bell has the best dollar menu item, and I will I will fight that to the death. I will disagree with you on that because McDonald's has a McChicken, and the McChicken is undefeated. McChicken is great single item, but if you were to look at a comprehensive oh, dollar yeah. menu... McDonald's dollar menu used to be better. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 lacking. Well, the McDouble moved up, so it's not an actual dollar anymore. It's a buck sixty-nine. Yeah. Which is nice, but like... <laughs> Nice. Um, but to be able to have a cheesy bean and rice, a uh, beefy Frito burrito, the tostada, it literally, everything is an actual dollar. And the Baja Blast is undefeated. Yeah. I'd say McChicken definitely... Is the best dollar menu item in the country. If I were to like be doing like 1v1s, yeah. If I had like a buck 10 and I'm like, I, just, I can only have one dollar menu item and I'm just standing in front of a... Uh, like a, a store and they only sell dollar menu items from, from the every fast single... food store. I'd go, I'm going to go with McChicken. Why haven't they started that? Why haven't we had a collab where they just sell dollar menu things in fast food? Form? Because they don't make as much money in the dollar well, menu and they see them like, well, yeah. I want to make chicken. You show up and you go, well, look at that quarter pounder. Stop mm. using logic to crush my dreams. Mm. It's my, it's my advertising public relations side of me, Ben. Uh, Taco Bell, sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> That's not true. I no, can't say that. All. Um, so yes, I, I feel, I feel like an unease, especially, I think the big reason is because I start getting excited when I hear things and I start to dream a little bit and I have to like pull back my feelings because I start to realize that I can't get, I can't get too excited because then I'll just be sad on Saturday. So that's like the real reason. I feel like a tension of like, and it's nervous. Honestly, it's what it is. I feel nervous. Mm -hmm. Um, about the whole situation. And the main reason is because I think we could go in and lose by 42 points. And I'd be like, well, I could kind of see this coming. But we could also come in and win by 7 or 14. I'd be like, well, I could kind of see this coming. Yeah. And I think it's a nervous feeling because I really – we all do. We all want Nebraska to do well. Yeah. And, like, we have pride at stake here. And I don't want to be embarrassed. Especially on national television with college game day here. At home, too. And the thing is, is the whole country is kind of expecting us to just get the hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just, so I kind of, as like an FU kind of... At fight, least the fighter, game. The fighter in me wants to, to prove the country wrong. I'm I mean, sure the players feel the same. I mean, I look at Ohio State and I can understand Ohio State is a better team than us. Looking mm-hmm. at talent-wise, 
who they have. They're a better team than us, and I'm not going to deny that. But I think Memorial Stadium in a night game, when college game day is here, anything can happen. There's with, so with, many X, X factors, especially with the way that Ohio State played Purdue last year. How, and the year before, how Nebraska played Ohio State last year. Exactly. Um, Elijah, what have you been hearing coming out of practice reports and interviews post-practice? How have you been feeling like the Huskers have been handling it this week? I, I've heard the team is very business-like this week. Um, they're all getting in there, and it's it's less about hype now. And that's what we all heard like before the season was. like Everyone's going so hard in practice, and it's about hype. And it's less about that now. You, you can't go hard every single week and just tear up your bodies and then be fine for Saturday. It's much more business-like now. Mm-hmm. They're getting down to business. They're getting their game plan installed. It's it's no more messing around at practice. No more, you know, um, trying to be flashy at practice. It's they're going in there. They're getting their job done. Right. And they're doing things the right way. Yeah, it's something I keep hearing from coaches and players is that this is just a week like any other week. Especially when reporters have been asking about how they've been prepping for Ohio State with all the media attention and um, the excitement going into game day, things like that. Everyone, the thing they keep saying is just like another week. And we're preparing just like we do every other week. Every Monday's Monday, Tuesday's Tuesday, Wednesday's Wednesday. It's the exact same schedule. Just a different opponent. Just a different opponent, yeah. And so I think that's part of what you're saying with the professionalism coming in, getting things done, is it's just we're in the routine in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you want from your team. You don't want guys to have to come have the most hyped-up week of practice ever to have a shot against a team. You, you want your team to be able to have a business-like week of mm-hmm. practice and get their game plan installed efficiently mm-hmm. and come out with a good game plan. I think they're being realistic, too, in that professionalism. Of they're saying, yeah, Ohio State's number five in the country. They're a good team. Um, we're gonna, It's going to take us to be executing at all levels to have a chance in this game. That realism is comforting to me that they're, they recognize the talent Ohio State has, mm-hmm. and they're coming into that with a professional level of saying, to have a chance, to have a chance to win this game, realistically we have to execute well and we have to follow our game plan and we can't make mistakes and you also have to realize that this is one game in your season you can't come put all your eggs in this basket for one game just tire yourself all, all week at practice and if you lose this week what happens next week you're down on yourself this is just another week you, you need to keep yourself even keeled when you're going through a season precisely especially whenever you're looking at wins and losses in the big 10 west that we can drop this ohio state game realistically and still win the west and we're just trying to get to the Big Ten Championship. I mean, that's the that's the goal right now. I mean, looking ahead on our schedule, um, aside from game day and this being a primetime game at home, the most important game on our schedule is home against Wisconsin. It's mm-hmm. not Ohio State. Even I, I know it's kind of easy to say it now, like, oh, we don't have – or now that we have game day here, you can kind of look past it because like, everyone was all hyped up all all summer for like, oh, maybe game day will come here. Now that yeah, we have we, it, we come in – the goal was to come in 4-0 in yeah. this game. So it, we, we can't just say, well, this isn't the most important game anymore just because it's not as hyped as it was uh, for us Husker fans. But I, I truly think after the, the performance that Wisconsin put on against uh, Michigan, that's the most important game. If we can win that game, we have a great shot of going mm-hmm. to the Big Ten title game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to go through Wisconsin to get to Indianapolis, though. And I think whenever you reach that point as a Husker fan – of being realistic with this game is when it really starts to get fun. I start to have fun thinking about Saturday when I start to get to that point of saying that there's there's a whole season left. There's more to the season than this Saturday. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's not it's it's not the end of the world if we lose this game. We can go in and have fun watching this game. Yeah. Go go cheer on the boys. Go be loud. Yell your heart out at the game. Cheer on the boys. But if we lose. It's not the end of the world. If we go lose by three touchdowns at the end of the game, but we had fun for a half, okay, we had fun. They're a Big Ten East opponent. It's not the end of the world. However, I'm going to go the other side of things, and 
I, I like our chances. Yeah. Let's I really that. do. I think that Ohio State hasn't played a good opponent this year. Um, Indiana was their only away game, and Indiana's not the best home crowd in the world. On Memorial Stadium here in Lincoln is going to be a much better environment, uh, and it's going to be much tougher for Justin Fields to come in because this is his true, his first true primetime pressure road test. They were people have been saying about Justin Fields that they were expecting a bit of a lag in terms of him picking up the offense, and they were everyone's shocked that it hasn't looked like that. He's been executing the offense super well, super efficiently, also against teams that haven't really challenged his understanding of the offense or haven't really challenged. Like he he can naturally rely on his playmaking slash not being challenged by a lot of crazy looks with the teams that he's played so far this year. I went and watched the full game against Indiana and Indiana struggled so much with tackling. Um, sometimes they just had breakdowns in schemes and Justin Fields was able to stand in the pocket, minimal pressure and deliver strikes all game. And then whenever you're running the ball and JK Dobbins can run through the first two guys before they get him down. It, it was an easy game for Ohio state for the start. Nebraska needs to come in. Um, they should learn from Indiana, and they should. It's it's come down to tackling. I think tackling is the biggest key for this defense because Ohio State is going to get yards. They're going to exploit our defense at times. You need to make sound tackles. Whenever you get beat for 15 yards, don't compound it by missing a tackle and making a 25 yard gain. Mm-hmm. Keep it at a 15 yard gain. When J.K. Dobbins breaks through the line and it's one on one with a safety, make that tackle and stop him for a first down instead of a touchdown. Which is hopefully, I think, what we saw in. In Illinois last week, a hope that that gave me was the the calmness and the steadiness of the Husker team through the entire game to have the confidence that they could go out there and win is in those situations of giving up a big play, letting them have the first down and stopping them from getting the touchdown is to, I trust our team to regroup and gather when Adrian Martinez inevitably gets sacked in this game. I trust our team to gather themselves and not look back at the last play, but look forward at the rest of the drive. Yeah. You know, and I think that's something that I saw in that Illinois game that will be beneficial as a part of our team's culture through the rest of the season. If we're holding Ohio State to field goals, we're still in the game. Definitely. It's, it's, we have a power or explosive enough offense that if they go score a field goal in back to back possessions, if we get a touchdown one in every three possessions, we're still in that game. You know, uh, it's not like, we can get down on ourselves just because we let them drive 70 yards and kick a field goal. That That is almost a win for our defense against the Ohio State offense. Right. Another thing, speaking of looking back at the Illinois game, if it's a statement at all to see what happened in Nebraska when we played our first Big Ten opponent of the year, the speed that Illinois came out and hit us, and kind of that wake-up for us of waking up to Big Ten competition, I really hope that's what it's like for Ohio State coming into Memorial Stadium this weekend and playing Nebraska. I mean, they had an Indiana on the road, but Indiana is a weaker team than they fielded in years. They didn't look good uh, to be – I mean, they're, they're playing the best team in the Big Ten. Ohio State's the best team in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and it's tough to go and put in a good game, especially when that's their first Big Ten game of the season. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Ohio State got a real test. But I, I saw things in that game just from watching the film that makes me think, Nebraska's defense can stop Ohio State. We need to play lights out. We need to have a great game. But it's not like they're an impossible offense to stop. Yeah. One of the things I really think that Nebraska can capitalize on is just Justin Fields under pressure, which is easy to say. It's easy to say, oh, if you get their quarterback under pressure, he's going to struggle, obviously. Um, But Justin Fields is a guy where if he feels pressure in the pocket, he likes to get outside the pocket. He doesn't like to stay in the pocket, make a move, 
uh, and B, kind of have his lineman all up in his face and try to make a throw. Whenever he gets a, a guy running at him, he's going to try to break contain, get outside the pocket. But one thing that Wait, he he's does... Da- he's dangerous whenever he's outside of the pocket. But Yeah, he's dangerous when he's, outside, when he's outside the pocket, but I've noticed maybe it was game plan against Indiana. Um, I kind of noticed the same thing against uh, Miami of Ohio was that he was hesitant to use his legs once he got outside the pocket. He wanted to be Patrick Mahomes, throw on the run, deliver darts downfield, and take the 30-yard gain instead of the easy five. Mm-hmm. That's what that's who Justin Fields is, and that's what I saw in the highlights. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I watched the full the full game against Indiana, and then I watched the first half against uh, Miami of Ohio, and that, that's what I saw, was whenever he did get outside the pocket, he liked to try to throw on the run and deliver a strike 30 yards downfield. And I think Nebraska would be smart to try to exploit that, to bring pressure and let him get outside the pocket and hope that he's going to make a mistake when he's outside the pocket. Uh, on the, in the Tuesday press conference, both uh, Fisher and Lamar Jackson spoke in their interviews about how he loves to make plays once uh, once it, the pocket breaks down. Yes. So it's huge for our defensive backs to stick on their wide receivers as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And so Lamar Jackson had a great quote. I'll play it right for this about um, – how the defensive backs need to trust that if they stick on their wide receivers, that the eight guys up front will be able to to bring him down to and crowd. chase him down. Yeah. So here's that quote right now. Um, not too much. I think that we got to make sure we plash our routes down the field. I mean, he's a quarterback that can stretch, that can extend plays. You know what I'm saying? And get out the pocket. So we got to make sure we just cover our guys to the whistle. You know what I'm saying? All the way down the field. He go here, chuck it down the field. Mm-hmm. Sixty yards, seventy yards. It don't matter. We got to just cover, 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 mm-hmm. and let and let all our uh, our, our everybody in the box go hunt and try to get him down. Okay. So I mean, we just gonna do it like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's a major key is just making sure that even when he is outside the pocket, again, you're not compounding your mistakes. When you let him get outside the pocket, don't compound your mistake by coming off your guy and coming up and trying to make a play and then letting him get an easy 15 yards by dinking it over your head. Right. So it looks like maybe Nebraska is aware of that as a game plan um, looking at Ohio State's offense. Let's talk while we're on the topic, Elijah. What else about this Ohio State offense looks scary to you coming into this game? Just there's one person in particular, and it's J.K. Dobbins. Right. J.K. Dobbins is a threat when every time he gets the ball. Uh, he kind of reminds me of an Amir Abdullah, if you remember that in Nebraska, where he's short, um, but he'll make some explosive cuts, and he's just hard to bring down. He's a little smaller to the ground, wide frame. He's quick, mm-hmm. and um, if he breaks a tackle, he's a threat to go. He's, he's not Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be just a, a complete game changer, but he is probably the second best player on that offense. A statistically improved player from last year. Last year, his sophomore season, right? Yeah, and it's also just improved. The offense is built a little more for him this year. It's less Dwayne Haskins standing in the pocket making throws. It's so much more. They want to get some zone read actions. They want to mm-hmm. open things up for him. Some RPOs. They, they want to use, yeah, they want to use the threat of J.K. Dobbins to open up their passing game. And J.K. Dobbins is a threat. And whenever I, I was mentioning missed tackles earlier, he was a main problem is that he is so good at just giving a little stiff arm and being able to run through an arm tackle or he, he's not going to, he's not so shifty and elusive. He's, he's not in Mo Washington. Mm-hmm. He's not so shifty and elusive that he, he's going to make you miss per se. He's going to make the little move to give you a bad angle and then use a stiff arm to get you off him and keep going. Going to be key for our linebackers to be in support during this game. And, and don't overrun. I know Muhammad Barry's had some issues this year with overrunning plays. And if you overrun J.K. Dobbins, he will make you pay. He's got great vision. Right. Um, their offensive line, returning three starters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I haven't heard a lot of, of anything about them in the press. Well, um, I think they're, they're Ohio State. They're what you line. want an offensive line to be, and that's you don't notice them. They're... 
I mean, they've run the ball well all year. You're not going to notice them. They've protected Justin Fields pretty well all year. They've struggled at times on some stunts, um, but any offensive line is going to have that happen at times. Especially the beginning of the season. Especially the beginning of the season. So I want to see how they do whenever we bring pressure. Because I think to get pressure on uh, on Justin Fields, we're going to have to bring a backer or two whenever mm-hmm. we want to. Mm-hmm. But they're Ohio State's offensive line, and there's a reason they run the ball well, and there's a reason mm-hmm. that Justin Fields has so much time most of the time. Because they're, they're rock solid. They're, they're not gonna they're not gonna wow you. They're not gonna make those plays where you're noticing you know a defensive lineman 15 yards downfield getting pancaked. But they're solid and they don't make many mistakes. Nebraska's defense just needs to hang in this game. I think they're they're gonna bend but don't break. Do enough that your offense can keep you in the game. That that's what the game plan is. That's why we're not wearing the black jerseys or at least it hasn't been released yet. If it's not Friday yet. I hate to break it to you. We're not, we're not doing the show live. So if the jerseys have been released by Friday, I apologize. But it makes sense to me if the jerseys don't get released just because you don't want Ohio State to hang 52 on you while you're in your black shirts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so much like the Illinois game, the defense needs to play strong fundamentals, tackle. Um, man, I don't know how much of a potential. Justin Fields has been great with ball protection this year, but it'd be great to snag an interception, uh, cause a fumble, something in this game that can give our our team, our crowd, a spark. Uh, the defense, if if they could provide that, would be fantastic. That could be a real game changer. If we lose the turnover battle, we're going to lose the game. It's 100%. as simple as that. Yeah. Um, Ohio State capitalizes on mistakes. They're, that's as all great teams do. They capitalize on the other team's mistakes, and they're going to make you pay. Uh, they're no different. Illinois can sh- score in the short field against us. Ohio State can sure as hell score in a, on a short field against us, and they can do it quickly. If we make mistakes, if we give them more chances uh, than they really deserve, it's going to be a long night for us Husker fans. Yeah, Elijah, while we're on the topic of things that give us hope for why Nebraska might win the game, um, I'd love to talk about something I keep hearing out of practice this week um, from multiple coaches and players, and that's that the game last year gives people – um, confidence going into this game. Uh, the players aren't going into this game expecting to lose. They really are going to this game expecting to excel and win, especially with how we played last year. So let's take a look back at that game last year uh, in Ohio State. I'm going to give you the disclaimer uh, before we get into this game, and that's that Ohio State is a better team this year than the team we faced last year. I also believe Nebraska is a better team this year than we were last year uh, whenever we played Ohio State. But I think Ohio State, especially defensively, has improved a lot. Yeah. Uh, so let's look back at that game. You remember the final scoreline, obviously, Ohio State 36, Nebraska 31. Going into halftime, uh, if you remember, Nebraska scored 15 seconds left on the clock. It's an Adrian Martinez touchdown, I believe. Right, an Adrian Martinez two-yard run, uh, 15 seconds left on the clock, uh, capping off an eight-play drive. Uh, that lasted three uh, over almost four minutes long. Uh, some great clock management there at the, to end the second quarter, uh, but puts Nebraska up twenty-one to sixteen going into halftime. Um, then Ohio State comes back out into the third quarter, scores two touchdowns. Nebraska, uh, at least typical Nebraska this year, doesn't play as well in the third quarter, uh, and then the fourth quarter gets interesting with. Uh, Nebraska touchdown, Ohio State answering, and then uh, putting them up 36-24. to 24. And then finally, Nebraska scores the late touchdown. The late touchdown, three minutes left in the game, two minutes and 57 seconds. And then Ohio State got a couple first downs and really really put it away. Just sealed, or, the, sealed the game away. I so, that correctly, right? Yeah. So brutal. Like get, We have hope there that uh, if, we, if we play this well, if we can get their offense off the field, we can get our, our offense – 
the ball back. Uh, we were only down five points, um, and Ohio State's offense controls it to end the game. As scary as it is, Ohio State was uh, a top 10 team at the time when we faced them, and they've gotten better. I'm, I'm going to say that. I said that before we got into this game. I'm going to say it now, especially defensively. Uh, last year, I think over the course of the season, they gave up something like 30 plays of 30 yards or more throughout the course of the season. Mm-hmm. And this year they have given up, I believe, two. Uh, even looking at the Ohio State offense, Dobbins is playing better this season than he played last season. In the game last in year, a, yeah, I was just gonna say, in the game last year, he had 23 carries for 163 yards against Nebraska and three touchdowns. So he's improved. This offense is more built for him this year, uh, even more than last year. And we're going to have to do a great job crawling him if we want any hope. Justin Fields this year seems to be plug-and-play, uh, replacing Dwayne Haskins as well. Different style of player, but yeah, very much it's a solid quarterback, a guy who's probably going to get some looks in the NFL. Reminds me of Russell Wilson. Dwayne Haskins preferred to sit in the pocket a little longer, be a bigger presence there in the passing game, correct? He, he, his and, running game was a non-existent threat, pretty much. So that's a big difference with Justin Fields here is, is we're going to really have to, to pay attention to his legs in this game. Justin Fields is just as comfortable inside the pocket as he is outside the pocket. And I think he's a little less comfortable inside the pocket than a guy like Dwayne Haskins who could really sit in there, read a defense, and uh, pick you apart. Um, Justin Fields isn't that cerebral of a quarterback. He is going to stand in the pocket. He's going to make some great throws, but at the same time, he might miss a blitz. Or a, he might miss a reading a blitz before uh, pre-snap and force him to to roll out of the pocket. But again, he's just as comfortable there as we've gotten into. Um, so again, a fun game to watch last year for Husker fans, um, especially towards the end of the game, feeling like we had a chance there to win it. Um, going into the game, I don't think anybody thought we had a chance to win it. We were still were we still on that. Losing streak going into the game. Uh, at the time, we were we had beaten Bethune Cookman and we had beaten Minnesota, mm-hmm. and that was it. And then after the Minnesota week, we headed to Ohio State. So we were two and seven at the time. Uh, we we begin to see a bit of that Nebraska identity. Um, we we're two and six heading in. We be, we fell to two and seven. Excuse me. It's where we started playing like the Nebraska team we were expecting to play. It's where we, they started to find a bit of an identity, uh, a bit of a culture shift in the team uh, around that time in the season. Much more of the culture we're seeing this year. Um, so going into the game, like I said, coaches and players have been talking about how in 2018 uh, we had a chance to win. They're not invincible. Um, which is what we were saying earlier in the podcast that if we play right, we protect the ball, we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, we don't we don't become our own worst enemies. We definitely have a chance in this game. Mm-hmm. Nebraska has a chance. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about, Elijah, about why you think Nebraska has a chance to upset Ohio State in this game? Well, I mean, this is a little bit reaching for straws. It's not necessarily about Nebraska or about Ohio State. But when you look at the two losses Ohio State's had in the past two years, it's been to a... Big Ten West team that maybe wasn't having, uh, I mean, not not the best team in the Big Ten West, obviously. Last year, uh, it was a night game at Purdue. And what did it take? It took some explosive offense from Purdue to win that game and some good defense. Uh, and it was a little bit of nighttime magic. And then you go two years ago, Kinnick Stadium, night game against Iowa. It wasn't Iowa's best year. Um, I don't I think Wisconsin was the uh, was the Big Ten West champion that year. Uh, Iowa finished about eight and four. Still beat Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but again, it is a little night game magic, a close game where some explosive plays on offense for Iowa, believe it or not, uh, running the ball were, were kind of the difference in that game. And then you look at this year, uh, another early Big Ten West 
battle for Ohio State against one of the teams who's currently not one of the the best teams in the Big Ten West. Uh, when you look at a team like Wisconsin, just beat uh, who just beat Michigan, and then Iowa, who's looking very good uh, after beating Iowa State and just looked solid throughout the year. Uh, Nebraska is not one of those top teams, but it's a night game, and that you know, it's a it's a big nationally televised game. And anything can happen, similar to what happened last year in West Lafayette or two years ago in uh, Iowa City. Yeah, definitely, Elijah. Um, so um, those are the things that give us some hope, Elijah. Let's do a quick flyover. Um, love all that. Love to to hang on to those things. Um, what are the, what are some of the things really quick? Uh, that might lead us to be throwing some paper bags on our heads on Saturday. What's what's uh, what's some stuff that you're that you're scared about? We talked a bit about the explosiveness of some players on the Ohio State offensive side. Well, I said that a key for the defense was limiting missed tackles. And you look at that game against Illinois last week, and we had a lot of missed tackles, especially early. Mm-hmm. I think as we we uh, as we hung with them at the end, uh, we started doing a little better on tackling. Our defense had a little more life. But missed tackling really scared me. And then uh, also second half, Colorado. Missed tackling was a problem. And it makes me nervous that if we have any sort of missed tackling issues in this game, Ohio State can run away with this game very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, another issue is um, the potential for an Ohio State quick start. Mm-hmm. If Ohio State comes out and drives down the field, it's 7 nothing within three minutes. And then we'd get a bit of a drive going. We punch it away. They drive down again. It's 14, nothing within seven minutes of we start of us starting the game and the Memorial stadium crowd is going to start to fall out of it. Sure. And if this Memorial stadium crowd falls out of it, any point in the game, it's Ohio state's time to take over. Yeah. Uh, I think <coughs> something that scares me, Elijah is taking a look at that Ohio state defense. Uh, they've got some, some playmakers, some big boys over there. Um, Troy Walters in his interview today said, looking across the line, he's he's looking at four to six uh, NFL draft type players yeah. on that Ohio State defense, um, which I think I'm pretty hyped coming off that Illinois game, one of our best offensive outputs ever uh, in the Frost era. And I think this Ohio state defense is going to be a totally different beast. Yeah. Um, so would love to see where we're coming off if we keep that momentum as an offense, but also something that scares me, is if Ohio State just completely shuts down our offense. Ohio State does something interesting with their defense. Uh, they run a 4-3, but they run what's called a 4-3 under. And I think you and I maybe know a little more about this than the average viewer on a football game. And that's uh, it's called an under front because as opposed to being a an even 4-3, uh, it's an under. So they're up front, it's opposite of what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. T- traditionally, you have a three-technique defensive tackle who plays on the strong side, and it's even gap alignment, so there's not uh, an uh, an unnatural amount of linemen to one side. Right. Whereas in this uh, this scheme that they're going to be running, they run their defensive tackle away from the tight end, and then their nose guard is going to be shading the tight end side of the center. Essentially, they're they're heavy. They they leave a big gap in in the a gap and, and on how, the inside of their line. Yeah. So they leave a big gap on the a gap on the weak side, and they leave a very large b gap on the uh, on the strong side of their line. And how they compensate for that is they shift their linebackers over a little bit. So in a 4-3, traditionally all three linebackers are right behind the lineman. In a 4-3 under, the strong side outside backer shifts around is a little more outside the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And the middle backer lines up in that B gap on the strong side. And then the, uh, the weak side backer lines up in the A gap. Essentially throwing a pretty strange front at you mm-hmm. uh, and then covering the, the weakness made by that, that weird front uh, by their own linebackers. So in, in layman's terms. 
essentially yes. And then what it does is it frees up their playmaker Chase Young to be that weak side defensive end. So the the places you can run uh, are weak side a gap uh, tends to work decently, except you have a linebacker filling that hole. Uh, the other way that works a lot is you have no backer on way outside weak side um, on your like you stretch plays stuff that goes outside the tackle. So what they do is they put their best player, and this is a very crucial position for Ohio State to to recruit for an under front. They put their best player, uh, that's Chase Young this year, outside the tackle, and he's got to seal the edge and make sure that he doesn't let anything get outside of him. And that's why Chase Young is such a crucial player for this Ohio State defense. You hear a lot about him. Because he's going to be one-on-one with the tackle. He stays away from the tight end on pass rushes. And then on run plays, it's him against... It's probably going to be a lot of Hymas, I think. Where it's going to be them one-on-one. Whoever wins the battle is going to uh, win the battle for the offense. If Hymas wins, we get rushing yards. If Hymas loses, we get stuffed in the backfield. It's going to be as simple as that. That's a big matchup to watch. Yeah. Uh, also, coming off that Illinois game where we did a pretty decent job picking up their outside threats. Um, well, what's his name? He's the top, top uh, sack... In the, in yeah, the he, he had a seven sack. The oh. uh, he's from Africa. Hard name to pronounce. Number forty-seven. Uh, Betiku. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Um, so had a, did a good job last week. Uh, Illinois picking up their pass rush and their their run defense. Uh, let's see what happens this week with Ohio State. Uh, I'm expecting the offensive line to like the rest of the offense this week. They're going to be prepping like they normally do. Uh, they're not going to be freaking out too much about who's across the line. I think that's a, a theme, some rhetoric that I've been hearing. And uh, let's, that's, like you said, Elijah, that's a matchup to watch. That can be pretty exciting. Keep your eyes on the offensive line this week. I'll say offensively as a way to exploit that 4-3 under front is to get Adrian Martinez involved in the run game. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we've been protecting him early in the season against opponents we don't think we need to, but optioning one of those backers is going to open up a lot of space for you. If you have a zone read and you option an outside backer and you go based off him, it gives you a main advantage wherever you end up going. So I expect to see Adrian Martinez running the ball more this game. Uh, If Adrian Martinez and Mo Washington can get a good one, two punch going or whoever ends up being the running back Mm -hmm. um, and we can get some rushing attack with them, it's going to open up our passing game and it make things a lot easier for us. If Adrian Martinez isn't running the ball well, and if we can't get a running game going, it's going to completely shut down our passing game. Mm -hmm. Ohio state's corners are too good uh, that if their linebackers, aren't fearful of the run and they get a drop into pass uh, coverage, it's going to be pretty much over for us because uh, they're just too good in their back end. Here's what I think we're going to see this week, Elijah. I think we're going to be seeing, um, I think we're going to see, be seeing more, more speed outside getting our playmakers out wide this week. Um, see that Mo Washington, uh, that Wandale um, motioning out of the backfield or um, running jet sweeps. I think we're going to see a lot of those getting those playmakers, Wandale, Mo specifically out wide. Um, and see what they can do in space. I'm I'm going to be looking for that this week. Well, let's get into our final predictions for the game then. And we're going to do something a little different this week because I want to give you a playmaker. Pause. I have to talk about this because it's going to stress me out. It's going to kill me going into this weekend because we still don't know the kicking situation. Sounds like Pickering is going to be out again this weekend. Uh, So who knows? Sorry, I had to get that in before transition because if we lose this game because of the kicking situation... Uh, I think I'm going to want to see Nebraska be aggressive anyway. And in kicking situation, like if we're in kicking range, I'm going to want us to see going for the touchdown anyway. If we're inside the 20, kick it. If we're outside the 20, go for it. Yeah. All day. Yeah. Perfect. Um, anyway, had to, had to address that once again, before we get into our Nebraska predictions really fast, I want to give you guys players to watch on each side of the ball. Sure. And everyone knows, uh, offensively, uh, you see guys like, uh, JK Dobbins, 
and uh, you look again at a guy like Justin, Justin Fields, Fields, who are easy to watch, uh, if, if that makes sense. Like everyone kind of knows who they are, but I want to give you somebody else, and that's KJ Hill. KJ Hill's wide receiver for Ohio State. If we struggle to cover him, if he can become Justin Fields' safety blanket, where he can just kind of go to him whenever he is, uh, you know, under pressure. And if, J- if KJ Hill is a big game, Ohio State's gonna have a big game because that means Justin Fields is also having a big game. So watch KJ Hill offensively for Ohio State um, because he's gonna be matched up with either Lamar Jackson or DiCaprio Boudal all game. So that's gonna be a big indicator for how our defense is playing. Is how is KJ Hill playing? Uh, defensively, I know everyone knows Chase Young, but I want to talk about the Ohio State cornerbacks. They're, I mean, aside from Lamar Jackson, DiCaprio Boodle, these guys are the top cornerbacks in the uh, Big Ten East. So I'll, I'll give you DiCaprio Boodle and Lamar Jackson, probably the best cornerbacks in the Big Ten West. On the East, it's these guys for Ohio State. So if those guys are out there making plays, we can't throw the ball well against them. It's, again, not looking good for offense. Those are the, the matchups that you're going to be want to be watching as a Husker fan sitting at home. See how – educate yourself on Ohio State, those strengths right there. Uh, be watching for that. If you bring that up in the game, you're going to be the coolest guy at the party. That's true. Thanks, Elijah. <laughs> uh, I know we're over our half-hour mark, but I really think this is content I want to spend time on. So yeah. you know what, guys? We're going over today, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, we, we can uh, we can get into our projections for Saturday, though. So let's start with let, – let's go our final score predictions last. Let's go with MVP. our players of the game. Yeah, yeah I'm going to start on the offense. Um, you know, I am I think this game is going to be made uh, – made or break – made or – made or break. I was going to say made or break, made or broke. Uh, this game is going to ride on Adrian Martinez's yeah. shoulders. So my MVP pick for the game is Adrian Martinez. I think if he gets that look in his eyes that uh, that Verduzco saw, that the whole team saw in the second half of Illinois, if he gets on that in the first quarter, um, we need it. I think that's the, I think if Adrian doesn't perform well, we don't win this game. Um, it's, it's going to be on his shoulders uh, whether or not we like it. Mm-hmm. And so um, Adrian – for me, has to be the MVP of this game. Uh, for me, true offensive MVP is I, I'm not. It's not going to be my what I'm saying here, but I'm letting you guys know the the game offensively rides on the offensive line. Ah, okay. But I can't really pick five guys to be my MVP. So who is going to be having a big game as a result of the offensive line having a good game is going to be Maurice Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like he's back healthy from whatever injury he had last weekend. Still unclear. He's um, just ignoring the concussion, honestly. Like, no concussion like symptoms. He he passed everything apparently, and then he was also on his phone in the second half, which rubbed me the wrong way. But you'd think if, if he had, in the locker room, you'd if, think if he had concussion like symptoms, they'd take away his phone. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what was wrong with Maurice last week, but if the offensive line plays well, I think Maurice Washington has a good game. So they're kind of hand in hand. Maurice Washington, offensive MVP. All right. Okay, Elijah. Let's move now to the defensive side of the ball, and I'll start here. Um, and. I mean, uh, he's been he's been in the name. Oh, I can't talk. His name's been in the news a lot this week, and that's because he got his black shirt. I'm going JoJo Doman as an outside backer. Luke Gifford had a good game against the Buckeyes last year. JoJo Doman is now playing in his position. He needs to be a combination of solid in coverage, solid uh, rushing the passer, and solid stopping the rush. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of what this defense does is going to hinge on JoJo Doman being able to do well on the edge. Mm-hmm. So JoJo Doman, if Nebraska wins, is going to have to be the defensive MVP. And some of that isn't flashy, I think, for JoJo. A lot um, of it's going and taking on the lead blocker, blowing it up, and letting somebody else go make a play, or or getting out into the flat and covering up a uh, an out route from a from a slot receiver, right? Or, or yeah, or like a, 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 a or an, tight end, or an out route from a, a back. Anything, anything yeah. out in the flat. He's going to be big out there. 
um, any sort of screenplay uh, to the strong side is going to be Jojo Doman going and blowing it up. So Jojo Doman is going to be huge for this team because Ohio State loves A, working the flats, and B, they do so much uh, stuff where he's going to have to go take on a lead blocker. He's going to have to go cover the flat, and the next play is going to be in the backfield rushing. He's going to have to do a lot, and I think that him getting his black shirt is a sign of what he's going to have to do this week. Nebraska wins is Jojo Doman. Yeah, I think I think the linebackers in general as a unit uh, need to play well this game, um, especially getting off blocks. And I really think uh, if our if our cornerbacks play well and stick on receivers, I think we're going to have opportunities as a defensive line and linebacker core to bring down Justin Fields. Um, but I think also we have to do better in the run game this week. Dobbins mm-hmm. is going to tear us up. Uh, and I think that falls in the linebackers for me this week. Uh, specifically narrowing it in, I think, uh, I, again, I can't, I don't know if I can pick a single person, but the, the trio of in, inside linebackers for me this week, I, I'm going to say MVPs. I think they're going to, so you're going to say, uh, Mo Berry, Colin Miller, Will Honus, the, yep. the three that have gotten the most play time this year. Yep. They're, they've been kind of rotating through H- hand in hand with those guys. I think based on where Ohio state likes to run the ball, it makes sense to go with the Davis twins mm-hmm. saying that we need to stop the run. Uh, Ohio state's not a big going to the a gap type of team. They're more like B and C gaps where they were when they're on the ball, which is the Davis twins all day. So the Davis twins, if there's some towers of terror, uh, it looks good for us. I think it's Didn't hard, to interrupt it's you, hard for me. No, no, no. It's hard for me to pick an MVP on the defense because I think the entire defense has to play as a unit this yeah. week. And so, exactly. uh, I think after the game, I'll be able to tell you who the MVP was because there were some, some big plays that I noticed, but, uh, right now it's hard for me because partially picking an MVP is me hoping who's going to step up. And I hope the entire defense steps up this week because we have to. So now, before we go, we are over 36 minutes. Let's give a score prediction for the game. Score prediction for the game. You can, well, I, can I, you I, please I, go first? I can go first. <laughs> okay. I gave mine today on Hale Varsity Radio, um, and I gave my final score prediction as Ohio State 38, Nebraska 28. Oh, I, I think Nebraska, Elijah. I think Nebraska oh, hangs with them early, um, but I think in the end, Ohio State makes a couple scores we can't recover from, and Nebraska gives it a push at the end. But it's not enough. But everyone in attendance has a great time, and I think the national media comes away impressed with Nebraska despite the loss. What did What did Chris say? Uh, he hasn't given his final score prediction yet because that comes on Friday. Uh, you can tune into Hale Varsity Radio. This episode comes out Friday morning, so tune in tonight. I might release it on Thursday. Okay, well, whatever. Chris is going to be live from the graduate from four to six, the graduate hotel in the Haymarket. You can go down there and watch him, or you can tune in to Hale Varsity Radio on ESPN and hear his score prediction. Thank you for buying me time by saying all that. Uh, it hasn't helped me actually form a prediction. Uh, I think that the Ohio State defense does a worse job stopping the Nebraska offense than uh, I hope the Nebraska offense schemes a few things uh, that works well for them. So I'm going to say Nebraska ends up scoring. Uh, I'm going to say. You can give us a range too. Uh, 45. Okay. And You say we hit a field goal? Bold. Yep. Uh, 45. I made sure to keep mine just touchdown numbers because I and have no then confidence. And <laughs> Ohio State at uh, 42. 45-42. Nebraska somehow wins by field walk goal. Walk-off field goal. Yeah. How fitting would that be? Yeah. A walk-off field goal That's for the feel- win. I think we're going to somehow hang in the entire game. Somehow be down for a lot of it. Come claw back in in the third and fourth, similar to the Illinois game. Uh, we keep pushing Ohio State and... Uh, as we get momentum, they get confused because they've never been in that position all season long, uh, and we're in a position to kick the final game-winning field goal. That's my prediction. 
Well, that's all we got. Oh. We'll see what comes true. That's all say, we got. I was going to say the over-under prediction, or bet over or under. I don't actually know what it is. So. And I'm going to say I have no idea. The The line's currently set at 16 points, I think. Frick, dude. I don't know. I can see this game being a blowout Ohio State. I can see this game being very close. I can see... I can even see Nebraska going and winning by 14. Yeah. Similar yeah. to the Purdue game last Somehow year at the end of this played. next week, we're going to be talking and I will say, oh, that wasn't super su- surprising. Yeah, no. Like, yeah. I agree 100%. Whatever the game ends up being. So we're not even going to give you an over-under because we don't want to lead you gamblers astray. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, uh, uh, that's all we got here, though. Enjoy the game this weekend. That's what I got to say. Is yeah. we, we don't get game day in Lincoln much. Go enjoy game day. Enjoy the whole experience. Game. Yeah. Be loud for the boys. Have fun no matter what the result is. And uh, go Big Red. Yeah. Talk to you later, guys. Bye.